Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today, we are so pleased to have Dr. Jacqueline today. She is a board-certified family physician and an integrative and functional medicine practitioner, and she specializes in hormone health. We're really excited to talk to her today about whole body care and asking those questions or having the strength and the bravery to really be in control of your health and ask the questions that you want to, that you might be scared of, and just really how to navigate the healthcare system so you're in charge of your life. So thanks for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I mean, we were just off air and you were saying how important it is for people to have access to tools like Girl Powerful, but you're part of Parsley Health. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing and like maybe the why of what drives you every day to give the right information and the right tools to girls and everyone, you know, beyond. But specifically, let's talk about girls today. I think that's super important for us. Girls today, such, a, such an important topic, target audience, right? Um, yeah, so I work at Parsley Health. We are the first national medical service that's really designed to help women and young women with chronic conditions and help them to support themselves in healing. We bridge the gap between medicine and wellness. And what our goal is to really is address the root cause of chronic conditions by utilizing cutting edge holistic care. And so whenever we talk about integrative and functional medicine, it's really just, just to break it down. It's based on the concept on this idea that health is so much more than just the symptoms that somebody is experiencing. Health is about your physiology, what's happening physically. It's about your emotional wellness. It's about your spiritual wellness. And of course, the support that you get from your community. So all of these factors, they play a role in your overall well-being. So as an example, when I'm working with a patient and I'm looking at normal things or typical things that you would look at, at Parsley Health, we're also looking at the bigger picture of what's going on in your life and how that influences how you feel. Yeah, definitely. And I think 
unless you have like a mentor or a parent that's in tune with who they are, sometimes as a teenager or tween, you have no idea how you're feeling and no one's really modeling how to communicate properly or like what a healthy adult looks like. Like it's very hard to find us and you and like the people out there doing like things in a way that you are a leader in your community. And you're also just being a role model for anyone watching without even putting that like label on yourself. You know, you just like show up every day, you do the work, you're kind, you're honest, you're sharing information and not keeping it all to yourself. And I think that that's something too about people when they get to this certain level, they're like, actually, I'm going to keep all this to myself so I can thrive and not let everybody else. So that kind of healthcare, right? Yes. And there's just so much magic in community. So all the things that you guys, you, you both support from a podcast perspective and social media and things like that, as much as possible of putting out the right information that's trusted information. And also that intuitively feels right. Whenever you're talking about topics or things that you're saying, if it feels right, how it's coming out. And as you think about it, the goal there is to really share as much as possible so that we all thrive. How, what does it look like for you as a doctor? Do you have like teenagers as your clients or younger than that even? And, and one more to add on to that, <laughs> two-sided. Because I was telling my mom you were coming on here and I was saying how we're going to talk today about like having, yeah, finding your voice in the doctor's office. And my mom was like, that's amazing. But what if there's a, an overbearing parent that the kid would, would be sharing because you're making them feel at ease but there's a parent in the room because they're a minor. So there's two, 40 questions right there. I just gave to you in one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 40 questions. Okay. So rewind. First question. Was. <laughs> Who knows? I well, I want to know what's your why? Like what got you into medicine and specifically helping, you know, with female health? Um, great question. So I got into medicine, like I think, I think it started more or less in high school and college. Around that time, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I just went ahead with a bachelor in health science because I really love science and figured this is going to be a good major for whatever it is that I do want to do. And then after college, I volunteered at a doctor's office. And then that became a job at the doctor's office where I was basically the front end secretary. And I was helping to check in patients and then, you know, bringing them to the back. And once I saw the doctor at the time, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I love what he's doing. And he was an osteopathic doctor like me, which where the goal goal there is really focusing again, more on holistic health and the interconnectedness of all of our body systems inside. I just realized this is exactly what I want to do. And I love what he's doing. So I made sure that I went back and like had all the prerequisites, took all the courses and then applied to school. And when I applied to medical school, the whole purpose of applying to osteopathic schools was because I loved that holistic philosophy and how the body is. It's not like you have just the musculoskeletal system that's separated from your GI tract, that's separated from your hormone and endocrine system. All of them are connected in some way, shape, or form. But I really got into my work at Parsley because back about five years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so being in your early 30s, diagnosed with breast cancer, it was a really tough thing. I had never been sick before, never had, you know, gone to the doctor and had any health issues. I would basically go once a year for my physical. And then when you get diagnosed, you're like, how did this happen? You know, how is it that I was able to go all throughout my 
teens and twenties and then hit your early thirties. And then you're like, I didn't even know I was sick. And so once I realized that I really dug more into the kind of medicine that I wanted to practice. Cause I felt like there were some gaps in traditional care. And I felt like, yes, we have acute management and cancer support, but I still wanted to understand the foundation of my body. And I wanted support in the long run, like in the years after somebody gets sick and then the doctor sends you home and you're like, yep, I'm feeling good and, and you're better, right? So trying to figure out how to really feel better on that foundational level, that's where I got into a lot more of the work in the functional medicine field, because the goal is to understand the root cause of disease. And so really tracing back and thinking about how I felt about my body, what types of things I was going through at the time when I did get sick, um, what was my stress level like, what was work like, was I sleeping, what about exercise, what about food, so once I started thinking about all of these things, I just realized that there's so much more to health than just going to a doctor once a year, like I was and getting the 15 minute checkup. And then you saying, yeah, but I think that I'm tired and doctors might be like, yeah, you're good. No problem. The labs look great. I'll see you next year. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, when you kind of trace it back, I think the whole purpose and the whole goal for me was I just need to figure out how I got sick so young. And I want to understand why that happened. And and if I can help prevent it from ever happening again, then I'm going to utilize all that knowledge to put it also and pour it into the care for the people that I care for. What if if someone's even scared to go take, do the one-year check-in? Because a lot of people like neglect neglect it, but maybe you're just that scared to find out, yeah, I'm early thirties and I have breast cancer because, you know, it can go either way. I know. Um, The doctor's office shouldn't be scary, Mm -hmm. but we know that it is, right? That's the elephant in the room. It's, It's scary and it's intimidating to confront it. But I know that going to see a doctor can create a lot of anxiety, especially if you have health issues already. Um, Even more so if you have those issues than if you're somebody who just doesn't even know what's going on. But I completely get it. But at the same token, you don't know what you don't know. So finding somebody to really listen to you, I feel like it's one of the most important things is that you have to feel comfortable talking to your doctor. And if you can't talk to your doctor, then you're not really going to be able to accomplish much. Kind of like what you mentioned before, Teddy, especially if you have underlying health issues or you're not sure what's going on because maybe you just don't know. So, I mean, how should a doctor's office, even from like making the appointment all the way into the exam, how should it make feel because even there could be just like a grouchy person at the front desk that makes it an uncomfortable situation you know I know and I mean if that's the case from a front desk standpoint sometimes that's like your first uh, introduction into the way that an office is or to possibly even the care that you're going to get I think it comes down to how you feel when you're in the room talking to the doctor that is going to be the one providing that advice you should be able to talk to your doctor about anything that's related to your body that you feel like you need to share. And doctors have heard it all regarding lots of different things that are coming across. So there's nothing that's going to really surprise you, but you also deserve a safe, non-judgmental space so that you can talk about everything that your body is experiencing. And it's also part of the doctor's job to create that space for you. So it's not so much just how you, we feel going in to see a doctor, but it's also up to the doctor to make sure that they're providing that kind of 
safe space that's non-judgmental to talk about any and all things because the number one goal and the purpose of going in the first place was to have help. Right. Do you have any advice for people who do experience anxiety at the doctor's? Like, should they tell the doctor up front? Should you let them know how you're feeling uneasy? What's your advice? I would. I absolutely would. I think it's important to know that, especially if it's the first time that you're meeting someone. So, you know, there's, no, there's nothing like meeting somebody and then feeling like you're about to pour out some really personal, intimidating things. But getting that off your plate so that you at least acknowledge and put that honesty out there, I think that's absolutely a good tool but also it may not happen for the very first visit that you're meeting a doctor, right? Primary care, functional and integrated providers, what we do at Parsley Health with our members, usually we're spending a lot of time during that first visit. So we have a good solid 60 minutes. And prior to that, there's a lot of questionnaires really getting into not just your health history, but also lifestyle and sleep and stress and what's your workload like because all those things are really important when you put it all together. And that's really part of the magic of understanding somebody holistically, not just they're sick with this issue and then they're coming in, but really understanding the whole scope of their lifestyle and environment. That's really a, a piece to the puzzle there. Yeah, definitely. And mm -hmm. I think it's like, maybe we give our power to the doctor by maybe not being honest or filling out those questionnaires in a truthful way. Cause you're like, Oh, it's going to be in my record. And I just smoked 40 packs of cigarettes a week. I'm not going to tell anyone that, you know, yeah. or whatever it might be something that, you know, in society is quote unquote unhealthy. So you want to hide that from people. But I love that you address all different parts of the body. And then it's like, you celebrate the body as a whole you know, mm -hmm. within those parts. And it's really interesting because when you shared that you were diagnosed with breast cancer, did you find that it was environmental or hereditary or like? Ooh, getting into the juicy details. What happened? <laughs> well, I just like to know because then like once you, you're diagnosed and you treat something, it's like you need to take care of your body for the rest of your life. There's not just like fix it and then go on and, you know, maybe do it again, maybe do it again. You have to really take care of yourself. Exactly. Uh, I think the first, the first inkling for me was leaving the doctor's office. And then the doctor saying, look, you're good. You've had a double mastectomy. You went through chemo, you've had surgeries, you know, you're on medication. We've got it all. You can go back to living your life. You can go back to the life that you had and you're going to be okay. And I'm like, well, number one, you don't know if I'm going to be okay. And number two, if I go back to living that life, I might not be okay because that's what got me sick to begin with. Yeah. Why did he say that? I don't know. <laughs> but I, I think that's, that's what you wanted to hear. Maybe. But then at the same time, giving somebody that level of comfort versus really helping them understand that this was a big thing that you've been through and something's got to give and something has to change. Or else your body is going to speak to you again and say, hey, look, something's not right, not happy with how things are. Mm -hmm. And to answer your question for me, I learned so much after my breast cancer diagnosis. So it's in July, actually next week, it's going to be my five-year cancer anniversary. <laughs> um, so what I learned was that some of it had to do, at least in my own personal opinion, mm -hmm. some of it had to do with my environment. A lot of it had to do with my genetics. I felt like my body was depleted. I didn't have the right nutrients. Part of that came from diet. Part of that may have been just depleted in general. 
I felt like I wasn't sleeping well, I was fatigued. And from a genetic standpoint, even though for me, genetic testing came back negative, my mom is also a breast cancer warrior and she had it twice, but she was much older. My mom was 48 and then she had it again when she was 68. So she had two separate breast cancers that were so far apart. Meanwhile, there's Jacqueline early thirties. What's going on here? Um, I was also on birth control for a lot of years. So I feel like when I'm thinking about environment and things that have happened, it was really multifactorial. I think about my immune system being compromised when I was little. I felt like I was the kid who was sick all the time, um, taking antibiotics. I felt like my gut might've been a mess, but these are things that we investigate and we use tools to really understand all of those things. So that's one thing that we do at Parsley when we're talking about getting down to the root cause of what's going on. We utilize a lot of cutting edge data to really take a look at your gut and your immune system and inf inflammation in general, and maybe your hormones yeah, and understanding nice. like what effect meds might have on you and lifestyle and sleep and stress and exercise or lack thereof. And of course work. So, yeah. you know, I, mean, I felt like I learned so much along that, along the process. Yeah. Well, number one, I'm so glad you're here <laughs> and happy anniversary. And number two, like kind of back to what I was saying, like when you go as a teen girl to the doctor, like, and maybe it's the first time you're maybe being sexually active, you've mentioned hormones and birth control, maybe that affecting, you know, you being sick in your thirties. That's what we're trying to talk about at Girl Powerful is like everything you do now shows back up. Like there's no like free for all, you know, it's all like cause and effect and in a big cycle. So it's just like, what, what can girls like know about hormones? And like, I think like they want to go in there and talk about sex because it's happening and their friends are doing it and maybe they're interested and maybe they're not. And maybe they need someone like you to be like, obviously it's your choice, but like tell you how to do it safely without putting chemicals in your body and things like that. There's like so many ways to approach sex, like from a doctor's perspective. And I'm glad that a lot of girls have access to you, but I'm just like, where do you even start when a parent could possibly be in front of you, but it's like on the tip of your tongue to be honest and be like, yo, I want to talk about sex because I'm 15 or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's certain safe spaces where you can have those conversations, right? So, you know, for minors, there's certain conversations that you can have from a safe space perspective, but just understanding your body's physiology is like, education 101 mm -hmm. when it comes to sex is just understanding the physiology of how this happens and feeling brave enough to ask the questions that you think are silly, but we might hear them a lot because you're not the only one who has these kinds of questions and curiosity about your body. But if you feel like something is off or you're scared to ask a question, I think that's all the more reason why you should ask it. Number one, it shows that you are in tuned and you're trying to understand your body better. Number two, this curiosity is a natural curiosity. And so that's something that doctors also acknowledge whenever we're thinking about treating young women or seeing young women in the office. I think that if they know that something is off with their body, you, ha you have to trust younger women regarding that. We can't just chalk it up to, oh yeah, that's a side effect of X or yeah, that's not a big deal or you know, you're gonna be fine. If younger women know that something is off, they're the ones that know their body best, not me. Right. right. 
So if you know something is off and you feel something is off and you're feeling this over multiple days or even months or weeks, you got to raise your hand and speak up and advocate for yourself because parents might not always know what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just such an important thing to feel open and amongst the community like this one, feel like it's okay to raise your hand and say, I have a question. Yeah, definitely. And that's what we're seeing with Gen Z and Gen Alpha because they're being raised in a totally different world that there's so much information going around. What do you also think about like misinformation being out there? Because, you know, everyone has their phone in their hand and they have access to everything, but how can someone see something online and like not do that doctor or W what's that MD thing, (laughs) you know, like fact check that they're, yeah. How do they find out the real information? You can go down a Google rabbit hole. I think we all have (laughs) hours and hours of just, you put in one search word and the next thing, you know, everything pops up on your phone. Yeah. (laughs) What is this? (laughs) Yes. Um, I think the easiest thing is to make sure that you have a healthcare team that you trust. Yeah. And that you have a supportive system around you that you trust, because if you do, and when you do, you will feel like it doesn't matter what question I have, or if something comes up or there's an Instagram feed here, or, you know, something triggered something on my social media. If you think that applies to you, it's always good to ask your healthcare team. Not everything out there applies to everybody. Actually, most of it doesn't. Right. So being able to understand like what actually applies to you and is this going to be the right thing for your body? I think it's important to acknowledge that we cannot trust all of the misinformation out there. And intuitively, we also know that young women know what feels right. And the more that they get educated on things, the more they're learning about their bodies, they also feel more aligned intuitively, the more that they're listening to themselves. That is so true. What if someone's having an issue and they feel like they're not getting the help that they need. Number one, you're not alone. (laughs) This happens all the time. I think this is part of the reason why people look for the kind of doctors and healers and care teams that we have at Parsley, but don't give up. You will find a doctor that you can work with uh, that you trust and that you feel really comfortable talking to. But number one, you want to feel seen and heard. And so if you're not getting that from somebody that you're seeing, you got to advocate and raise your hand and say, I don't like this doctor. I didn't feel comfortable talking about my health concerns and I'd like to find a new one. And there's tons of different types of support systems out there to help women find different types of practitioners to help support them. Got to speak up. It is so important for people to take it into their own hands. And if you aren't happy, like, yeah, of course, like I love that you said you're not alone, but you do have to find like the confidence and buck up and figure out how to go forward in a healthier way for you because you're the only advocate for yourself right you're the only one that picks the food you put in your mouth you're the only one that decides what toxic tv you do or don't watch and all the things right your whole environment which i love that you talk about it's very very important and think about like parents sometimes parents are at work you know they're not at you with school there's a lot of time that you have alone with yourself so you know parents in one perspective They're absolutely supportive. You can get educational support, but if you feel like you're not getting it, you still have to raise your hand Mm -hmm. because number one is you're the only person that can advocate for yourself really. Yeah, definitely. I wish I had all this information when I was younger. I'm like, my college years and like how like something felt like wrong and you're like, 
oh god and it was like this huge like thundercloud and it was like really rough to navigate because at the time it was like embarrassing if something you know was going on that wasn't normal yeah overwhelming do you remember sitting in like the health department at school and that anxiety that you feel like that um, that discomfort it wasn't even that you checked in you just like walk in and you just felt so uncomfortable yeah Yeah. or like I hope someone doesn't see me here yes like who cares (laughs) oh you know you're just probably getting weighed and it's like okay and then you leave like what's wrong with that but it it got really negative the doctor's office scene I, Mm -hmm. I wonder what that's about but like parsley obviously is like changing the storyline and doing things like this to get this information out like what is your guys' big picture goal with this like where is it just going to be like the whole world's parsley-esque and you guys are just trailblazers great question i think the goal is to reach as many women and men as possible in whatever way we can and we have membership models where you know people become members of parsley health we have a lot of different events. We put out social media that is also very educational. We have a blog, parsleyhealth.com slash library, where you can tap into hundreds and hundreds of articles that have been structured and curated. And for some, you know, articles that we've even written as the doctors and health coaches in our team that also have um, good sources that have references that are science-based, evidence-based and educational. So we try to put out as much information out there, but I think that in the perspective of traditional medicine, it's changing. This concept of feeling scared about going to see a doctor or having these really tough conversations, the more that we have platforms like this one to raise the word that we as women, we have to advocate for ourselves. We have to be more in tuned about things that are, are going wrong. If we feel like something is really off, really acknowledge that. And find a doctor who's going to listen and really acknowledge what you're experiencing. Because I think the more hope that we can provide for as many women as possible to get that message out there, the sky's the limit. I know. And it's, it's so simple. Once you go and you, it's over with, you're like, oh, I need to start doing this more. Or, you know, take, eliminate this. And it's really not that scary. And then at the end of it, the whole purpose is to feel better. And maybe mm-hmm. and stay alive. <laughs> and stay alive. <laughs> and yeah. stay alive. Yeah. What's one of the best pieces of advice you can offer people in terms of taking care of their health? I think you both hit the nail on the head. Uh, be your own advocate. You are the person that knows your body best. You are the number one authority on your own health. Mm. And that means if something is off, you have to keep pushing for an answer. Even if you don't get an answer at first or right away, you know that something is off. Don't give up hope and advocate for yourself. Not giving up is really another piece of this because health is the most important thing that you have. And it's incredibly precious. And this is why you have to stand up for it, especially if you think that something is off and that your well-being could even be better than it is right now. Have you seen... a big influx in like mental health issues over the past year with COVID and everyone staying home. Like I know we were, we have been staying up to date, like on CDC, like stats about mental, like mental health and teen girls and anxiety and depression and suicide rates, like up 25%. Like what have you seen with girls specifically in the last year or two years? A ton of anxiety. 
and also depression and a lot of worry about what's coming in the future. Yeah. A, a lot of that. But again, advocating and speaking up that you really feel concerned about that. I get those conversations all the time because in the care that we provide, we always talk about that. Mental health is so intimately tied to physical health and physiology and also just the way that we take care of ourselves or if we're motivated and inspired to or not. So those are the biggest things that I see. Finding ways to also cope with anxiety and cope with depression and resources and community. This is also another part of that conversation where you have to acknowledge that you're experiencing it in order to then reach out to have the right support. I know that's so true. You have to, you have to welcome those thoughts, even though they're not happy and they're not light. You really do have to welcome them so you can like dissect them and move on from them. But to think about it, you know, within the pandemic, this is a normal thing to experience, you know, these kinds of depression, anxiety, fear, worry. It's not like it's abnormal to experience that, you know, this is such a crazy, incredible time. And given the scope of the whole situation and everything going on, you know, it's a normal thing. So just acknowledging that and being able to speak up and say that that's, what's going to be the key to help getting you the right advice and the community and the resources and support. But a lot of people I think are still hiding from that acknowledgement that it's, you know, not affecting them. Yeah. And we don't even know like the side effects of the whole year being locked in our rooms has done to all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. something yeah, that I could I, show up later yeah in a hamburger problem or a drinking problem doctor <laughs> <laughs> one or the other one or the other for me so how can people like find out more about partially health are you, do you do telehealth too yeah so we've got two main locations we've got a headquarter location in new york and we also have our office in la and west hollywood but we have doctors all over the country So we're in almost all 50 states. So our team is usually comprised of a doctor who thinks this way, more of this holistic health model, and then also a health coach. So the care team is really the patient, your functional integrative holistic doctor, and then also your health coach. And I feel like everybody deserves or should have a health coach because the health coaching is vital to success. Think about our health coaches, what they do. They are going to focus on sleep stress, movement, nutrition, um, how you're eating, what you're eating, how were you eating before, what's not serving you, how you can make improvements on your health, all of the things that have to do with lifestyle. Whereas me, I'm helping you understand your body. I want you to learn about your physiology. I want you to know what's, what's considered normal, what is off or what could be off. I want you to know side effects of medications We're not anti-medication in any way. I absolutely see that medications are one tool of a toolbox, but it's not the only answer. And so helping people understand that there's many ways to support healing and understanding your body, that's what we do to collaborate together. And then the health coaches really focused on a lot of the lifestyle things that also need equal support. Yeah, what a gift. I mean- (laughs) <laughs> is it expensive? I haven't even really looked at parsley like that in depth. Like what if you don't have insurance and like, what if your parents can't do that? Are there any options? They do advertise um, like on our website, parsleyhealth.com. You know, it talks about all of the questions that you're asking. So for everything that you've asked, Teddy, there's a page that where it talks about the questions having to do with insurance and cost. There's different types of memberships. We also have, um, again, lots of education that we put out on our blog and all of our social platforms. 
And then from time to time, we do a lot of free webinars just to invite the community to learn and think differently about their health. So we're planning to focus even more so on that. I love doing webinars on women's health, on period 101, intro to your menstrual cycle, just learning about it and feeling like you're in a safe space to ask those questions like we talked about. Um, so I think that I lean a lot more to hormonal education because I think it's just so important for young women just to understand their bodies better. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Every month I think about how for two weeks, like my whole life is so different but then it happens again every month and we were talking with our friend and we're like why do we act surprised that our period comes every single month you know <laughs> like we're never prepared no. but that's that's a good thing to be prepared and to really know what's happening with your body and understand it and, and if, understand it and if you have the right information and you know a couple of years of experience with yourself in a, in a nurturing way accept it you know mm -hmm. not totally think it's the worst experience of your life because it's not and I think that the period they often say their period is your fifth vital sign right mm -hmm. so is it normal is it happening every month yeah is it how long is it are you having bleeds in between does something feel off are you in a lot of pain are you super hangry and cranky and do you have a lot of PMS symptoms all of these things are so important but realizing that most of the time, women are supposed to be experiencing very little symptoms when it comes to their periods. But a lot of girls are like, man, that's not me. I'm experiencing uh, like every symptom. Out for two weeks, doctor. <laughs> out for two weeks. I need to see <laughs> parts to go yeah. out parsley. Because my PMS is so bad. My back hurts so bad. I have really bad noob swings. I'm going to share a couple of our blog articles okay. with you. Uh, make sure that you have access to that. So anyone can look these things up, but I'll share a couple specifically with you that have a lot more to do with PMS. Okay. Thank you. Yes. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Of course. Well, thank you so much for sharing your information and your intelligence and your enthusiasm to help heal the world and our girls and support them. But this is a question about you. And this is how we're going to end it today is what makes you feel most alive? Oh, that's a deep one. I feel like that's a big question. Um, what makes me feel most alive is finally feeling like I'm thriving. There was a lot of times in my life where I did not feel like I was thriving. And then of course I felt like I hit rock bottom when I got diagnosed. So when I talk about understanding your body and learning about it, like I'm literally speaking about me mm -hmm. because that was an important piece to this healing. And it wasn't just physiology and what was going on there, but understanding the emotional, understanding what was literally going on in that time of my life, how I needed to change things up. Because like I told you, I can't go back to living that life. So there was a lot more that I needed to learn about myself. And it's taken me all of five years to finally feel like I'm thriving. And that makes me feel most alive. Yes. That's beautiful. And you're helping other people thrive now. Well, and that while empathy, you're thriving. the empathy of knowing like what it actually feels like is yeah. like priceless. So it, I guess in a horrible way, it was supposed to happen. So then you can help more people. Bittersweet, it, right? To think of it like that. Yeah. Bittersweet. But then at the same time, I remember those days where I was super depressed, locked up and just crying, thinking like, why did this happen? Mm -hmm. And you're looking for answers. And then now I think for me, five years later, 
I'm kind of looking back on that and realizing how important it was that it did happen in order for me to really find all the things that I'm finding now. So I can help other people, so I can learn more about my body, and then I can set the tone for the foundation so that this never happens again. Where do you have that? Where does your mindset, strong mindset come from? Mama. Some people would just lay down and <laughs> done. Yeah. Your mama. I know, I came from her. Um, you know, she was 48 when she had her first cancer. And when she had her second one, I was just finishing up med school. So I took about six months off to help her through chemo and radiation. And I think I really, I really, that was the time that I saw her the most vulnerable ever. Um, so when that came to like that time for me, I got my strength from her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that it was a crazy time. It was such an intimate time, but for my mom to, to be there for me after I was there for her, yeah. um, I really, I just kind of like soaked up all my strength from her. And really just use that as like my fixation point of saying, look, my mom was able to get through this and then some go through it a second time. She's like, you know, she's 79 right now. She'd probably hate that I mentioned that, but she is, she is like my hero a hundred percent. And I really felt that from her. (laughs) So I'll sign this off. That is inspiring. It's very touching. We love our mom and she inspires us too. So Thank you for that. And your mom would love to know you inspires <laughs> you and makes you feel driven. So thank you so much, Dr. Jacqueline. And yeah. we're going to be sharing, obviously, this podcast, this video, and so many fun clips through here and just dissect it all on, on Instagram together and share, share, share. So thank you so much for your time today. No, you're welcome. And I will get those PMS resources out there too. So that way, all young women can also get more information. Definitely. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.